You're listening to Ink Studs, and my guest this week is John Chandler. Uh, his new book is Another Blue World from the fine boys at Breakdown Press, as well as Johnsworth, uh, which the first volume is up from uh, Landfill Editions, uh, the folks that do those massive mold map books, uh, as well as uh, John had some work in DNA Failure, which came out from Picturebox. I'm going to say two or three, three years ago, I guess. It was just before the last year, I think. Okay. Was that 2000 and um, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was 13 because Picturebox closed last year. Right. Um, and right. I interviewed the, the folks, Leon Sadler and his brother, Stefan hmm. Sadler, when that book came out. And that was a very interesting convo. Uh, yeah, yeah, those guys are a lot of fun. It seems like. I'm trying to set that up. I kind of poked behind the scenes to make that happen because I wanted to listen to it. So <laughs> that was my fault. But I wasn't there. <laughs> you pushed them into doing it. Yeah, I was. I just spoke to Dan and said, "Hey, wouldn't it be good if we set something up with Ink Studs, the Saddler Boys?" I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I just managed to get out of it completely. Nice. Well, now yeah. you're now now you're here and you're at Leon's place right now. I'm in his house, yeah. And I think when I interviewed them, they were at Stefan's place. I, were they in this? I'm not sure they were in the same house. I think he might have been somewhere else, Stefan, if I remember correctly. It was a while ago. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's been a lot of interviews, um, but yeah. you know, maybe it's a good place to do it to, to, to be. It's there's some some history there. Um, now, thank you for joining me today, John. Um, now, I'm not super familiar with the older work, and I realized, like before we're, we we started the interview, mentioning, oh, you might have been in thing, and I realized I didn't even look at it. I read it years ago, the DNA failure. Yeah. Um, but I'm presuming you have work that you were doing before that point too. Yeah. I'm done a bunch of stuff anthologies I guess I sort of forget what they are myself I've got a list on a page somewhere so I don't forget <laughs> but um I, I think the thing is that my work can be look quite different from what well, I think it looks quite different and some people who know it quite well say oh no no you can t definitely tell it's yours mm -hmm. I think some people wouldn't know it was me so I've sort of managed to fly under the radar a bit perhaps sometimes so if I use a different pen if I use a biro for instance it looks real different from if I use a dip pen um, yeah, so you, you might have seen some stuff sometimes. I've done some stuff for Weird Magazine. I guess you've got those. Yeah, yeah, the Noel Freeberts thing. That's right. Yeah, those are pretty great. It's been a while since I've looked at those. Um, yeah, I did, did a good one in there about a guy who's like isolated in space with his kind of uh, robot dude. Um, and the other one wasn't as good, but I can't remember it. <laughs> a lot of your yeah. comics are about people kind of isolated. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, you put people in a spaceship and you stick them in space and you can... It's really good for doomed romance stories. <laughs> I found. So it's usually some kind of like... Uh, it's like an extreme example of some kind of breakup story or something. And just uh, how brutal it would be. Yeah, I think one of the before originally for decadence was um, yeah, it was, 
a guy while well, he's outside the ship, just fixing the ship. And it's like a kind of egg-shaped ship. When he goes inside, he realizes the other half has just flown off. The other person is just detached and just flown off. So he's just left in one side. <laughs> just left in space floating. But I think the, what, what's the line? Something like, because uh, they, they sort of make a phone call before they fly apart and they're too far away from each other. And they say, like, my memory, the memory of me has been better than it's going to be if I was there. So this is better. But it's good for that kind of, um, it's good for that kind of thing. So how long have you been doing comics for? About 10 years, I guess. Okay. Um, I did some, when I was a teenager, I had a year out between college and university. And I, I tried to do something, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and then after university, I went back to it. But yes, it's been about, about 10 years, I guess. What did you do in university? Sorry, what's that? What, when did I go? What did you do in university? Well, I went to film school. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And I, I got out of film school. I accidentally started doing comics. Do so you... I got stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> was there something you wanted to do with film or something you were getting out of film at the time? I was just mad keen on film. Yeah. It's like, I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um... I went to film school, but I don't know. I was making like arts, art school films. I put a bunch up recently on my YouTube. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they kind of um, they're okay. They're kind of far off, far enough away now that it's pretty cool. But it was, yeah, I don't know. I was I really wanted to do like something bigger, you know, narrative and stuff. You kind of limited by just a few minutes. When you're at film school, each film. So I guess I'm into storytelling, really. Yeah. Um, but after film school, we did try and make a feature film, but it went a bit wrong. And then I got stuck into doing comics. Um, I've just got kind of into doing that whilst doing my day jobs and things, I guess. Film seems like it could be just a, um, a treacherous kind of black hole to fall into in some ways like <laughs> just so costly and so cumbersome yeah it's tough i mean especially you're in the bottom just have you ever tried to arrange three friends to do something yeah and like it's all favors that when you're in the bottom it can be done if it can be done it's not a problem i might get back into it. i've been thinking about it a lot more recently so we'll see but yeah I... it's like with comics you know it's just you you can do anything you want. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, were there particular movies or filmmakers that you've really glommed onto and like really stuck out for you? Um, I don't know. I'd I, I like individual films more than actual filmmakers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. I don't know. People like Sidney, is it Sidney Lumet or Sidney Lumet, I think you're supposed to pronounce it. If you look at his films... It's great films, but no one really knows they're his films. Yeah, that's the the silent movie. He made. Um, I watched one recently. Oh god, what's it called? It's got Sean Connery in it. Oh, okay, I think it's something um, different. No, he made he made like Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, okay. A bunch of stuff. Um, but he's one of the people you have to look up and you go, "Wow, he's made all these amazing films." But you like people appreciate the films individually rather than 
oh, this is Kubrick. I like anything Kubrick does. Yeah. There's very few. There's very few directors now who make them like who everything. You're like, oh, this is gonna be. This is gonna be good. Like Cronenberg. Yeah. Like I watch anything he does. Leon's gonna come in soon. By the way, he just got <laughs> home. Right. And uh, here he come. Here we come. Hi, Leon. Hello. You come say hello. Hello, Robin. He's going to yoga soon. No, not for an hour. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's very healthy of him. Sean's just took his top off. He, no, he's had his top off the whole time. Well, I put it on. It got cold, but I took it off again. Oh, he's got okay. four. He's got two cans of red stripe, and he's got four glasses of rum, like <laughs> laid out really carefully in a square. Well, I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm drinking a uh, an American energy drink. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that's a good choice. He's got my... This is mine. Right. He's got my comic in front of him as well. He's probably stealing my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leon, I um, ate the rest of that sausage, but I got a new one. Yeah. The National Food Shop, but it's not the same one, but it's all right. And there's like a big sausage in there as well. Oh. And uh, some horrible gherkins. I you know like the thin ones. Yeah, yeah. This thin, 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 thin one and a big one, but it's like a slightly like different one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, right. Leon. You got any tea? I had that pretty much. <laughs> All right. See you, Robin. <laughs> see ya. Enjoy your yoga. Thanks. All right. See you in a bit, man. John looks quite panicky. <laughs> 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 is, that, give me, is, that, is that another word for drunk? By the way, I'm keeping all this in. Um, We we accidentally pulled off a piece of Leon's house last night. I was doing some pull-ups between some kind of decorative things on the in the hallway, and just showing off to him. And I was like, "Oh, you have a go!" And he ripped a bit of his wall off. So I think we're going to be in trouble soon. Uh oh. But then his girlfriend comes out. How long have you been staying there for? A couple of weeks now. Nice. Yeah. It's good when, you know, you have friends that you can stay with for that amount of time and everything's still cool. I'd probably piss someone off within three days. (laughs) But he hides it very well. (laughs) Well, as long as you're uh, getting him gherkins, I think he'll be happy. Yeah. Um, So you just, were you reading comics um, before arts, before film school or... Oh yeah, no, I grew up with comics. Um, I grew up with Eagle Comic. It was relaunched in the eighties, and when it started, it had a lot of photo strips mm-hmm. and some painted stuff, and some some really amazing strips in there by um, you know Ortiz, the Spanish. Oh, or O R T I Z. Yeah. Was Ortiz? Ortiz, yeah. I don't know. I don't Whoa, some amazing stuff in there. Mm-hmm. There was. I was looking at them again recently. Um, and there's one strip, and the it's like the writers. It's like I don't know an adventure story, and the writer has got this guy going all around the world, like on adventures and stuff. I think as an artist back then, it must have been absolute nightmare. It's really easy to say, oh yeah, and then you go to Venice, and then all this happens. But no, we've got the internet. But back then, you've got to like go and research all this, all this stuff to kind of like photo reference mm-hmm. through his comments. And then it's just some really throwaway kids comic. It's just like three. It's like one page in Venice, and it's like really elaborate. Um, yeah, nightmare. There's a there's a lot of that from European folks uh, in the seventies and eighties. Like uh, Tardy uh, did all those books set in New York, 
He had never been to New York. Yeah, it's crazy. You ever tried to get anything from the library, the exact thing you want? It's not easy. No. So, um, you know, hats off to him. So I was reading that, and uh, what else? We're, even though it was like in the countryside, in the middle of nowhere, there was a really good news agency and it had like everything, all these like new comics. And it had like, you know, 2000 AD, of course, and uh, but American imports. Or oh, no, there was British versions of American stuff. Um, so I got Secret Wars. I remember reading that. But it's before I realized, well, my dad ordered, he had like Eagle on order, but the other stuff was just like, he'd just buy it. He'd just buy it for me. And then come back and say, oh, I couldn't get it this week. And it's devastating, absolutely devastating. Mm-hmm. And I went around to another kid's house and said, oh, I've been reading Secret Wars. I was like, he didn't even start from the beginning. And I was so annoyed. <laughs> he had the comics around his house at least, so I could try and read him while he was trying to talk to me. So at least I could see what was happening. That's when, you know, Spider-Man picks up his um, crazy black suit, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the symbiote suit. Yeah. So I was with, the, uh, with the Beyonder that looked like he was stepped out of a disco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially in Secret Wars too. That guy. The white onesie with the flared pants, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good look. So were you reading that? What was I reading? Yeah, were you reading... Did you read at that time? How old are you? I'm 37. All right, okay. So we're the same. Yeah, uh, I was more of a DC kid, so I was really about the Batmans. All right, okay. So I really liked uh, the Norm Fogel Batmans when they brought in the new Robin. That was my ship. It's basically whatever we we could get. I don't know, because you just buy like odd ones. You wouldn't get whole stories and things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think that's better. As a kid, it was a nightmare, but looking back now... I don't know, it's actually better. Like, if you get the odd copy of Jack Kirby's Commando or something, they're amazing. You yeah. sort of imagine the story beyond it. When you've got all of them, somehow not as good. You just get the odd one. Yeah, it's and it, well, it's made to be read that way, like that. And I don't know if you ever read uh, Kirby's 2001. I read some, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, that, sh- that seems like it would be right up your alley because it's just so weird, futuristic, uh, super meta. And just totally ape shit crazy. Um, they haven't printed that one, have they? No, too many issues with rights. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, it has nothing to do with the movie. Nothing to do with the book. At yeah, one point. I mean, it doesn't take much for him to go off the... It's probably like the first couple of issues of probably like the film and then he's like, right, it's going this way. Doesn't it? It turns into Machine Man, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think Machine Man comes in around issue <laughs> eight or so. And then they have like three issues with Machine Man, and then um, finally uh, it just ends, and Machine Man starts up, and then he does that for like nine issues, and then Ditko does it. Oh, they're too good. Makes you, it's quite hard to read because they're so good, it just makes you want to give up. I, but, don't, I don't know. For me, it make me energized. That's yeah. What? But I don't do comics. I think the only comic I ever cried at was a Jack Kirby comic. It wasn't a story, it was just. Just got to me somehow. Just it was all a bit much. <laughs> Which one was it? I think it was. It was just something like um, when he went back to do Captain America after he left DC. Oh, with the the stuff with the Falcon. Yeah, and it's like Mad Bomb and all that stuff. His, his artwork was so powerful. Yeah. So I think I actually shed a tear 
<laughs> well, that was when he was doing like four panel grids, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe like just a, one page is just a face. Yeah. You know, really powerful stuff. What a lad, hey? What a lad. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so back then, another thing I remember is there was a kid next door. He had, because it was like an American army base quite near us out in the countryside. And sometimes people pick like American comics up from there. And I remember he came around one time, he had like a bunch of stuff. He had like treasury sized Hulk and all this other stuff. Just odd issues. And I'd swap them with some old Eagles. And then years later, I saw the cover of X Men number one. Man, I tore my loft apart looking for X Men number one because I knew the cover. So I think I had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's, where, what happened to it. But, but there you go, hey. When did you start getting into like more kind of alternative stuff? Because I feel yeah. like Fort Thunder was probably a touchstone for you at one point. Yeah, slowly convoluted route, I guess. I don't know. There was some um, comic shop in Ipswich, which is the nearest large town. And I'd go in there and I was really trying to read the superhero stuff as a teenager, like X-Men and things. But, I don't know, I was really forcing myself. Yeah. It's, um, it's like Robert Liefeld time I guess and um, I don't know I was trying I like the idea of it more than the actual comics I didn't like the idea of missing anything as well like you have to get all of them to figure out everything that was going on and obviously you can't afford that as a kid and they were just the stupidest stories at that point too yeah it was yeah it was awful I like the issues where sometimes they have an issue where it's like between stories and they're just hanging out like at a beat or something do you remember those ones yep oh yeah I it was like Liefeld's <laughs> chance to go and draw the girls he likes in bikinis and stuff yeah yeah i mean like you know i really like the guy i love his work now but mm. actually reading him as a kid as a teenager but then you know you're becoming an adult as well because you, you've got this other stuff going on and like they had like up the back in the kind of dark area up the back they had the kind of alternative stuff and there's real hodgepodge of things like all the kind of indie stuff that's coming out in the 90s but then like eight balls stuck out yeah and it got uh Jimbo, you know, going to Panda then. But it wasn't until I saw the SBX anthologies 2000 and 2001, I had the four Thunder guys in there. Mm-hmm. Did you see those ones? Oh, yeah. 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 But it's interesting because I didn't know anything about Fort Thunder then because before I really started getting into the internet, plus there was nothing on the internet at that point, so there'd be no information there anyway. But, um... I didn't realize that all the strips I really liked were some kind of associated artists of Fort Thunder. It was like, um, who was in there? Well, Leif Goldberg and Jim Drain. There was some Brinkman and an amazing CF strip called Race from Dying, which was real important for me. Yeah, he was super young at that point, too, probably. Must have been, yeah. Must have been. But I remember that stuff really like, kicked me on my ass. But I thought it was just little kids doing it. Because I didn't think, because <laughs> I was still trying to draw like, you know, like clouds and crumb and stuff, like crafting it. But, you know, at some point it all clicked. I realized, oh, these guys have been to art school and it's all commission. You can do it whatever you want. You can draw however you want. And kind of uh, tell stories however you want too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is, I think, the big thing for me is just how they kind of really stripped away everything else and just went down to basics yeah yeah really really so i mean it really got to me on some kind of gut level so there's definitely something going on there 
I'd already seen it with um, Gary Penner, but to be honest, I also thought he was some little kid. He just managed to get <laughs> <laughs> managed to get his comment. I thought he was like fourteen or something. I was like, oh, this is, this is outrageous. How can anyone get this in print? Like, and I went back the next week and just bought another one. Um, that was those like weird little Zongo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They were really rushed too because that was like him trying to do a monthly comic. Oh, was it? And <laughs> then it turns out they only sold like 500 copies of them. Oh, really? And so it did not last. Yeah. Well, I'm proud to be one of them 500. Yeah, I remember I was working at a comic store and they came out, and I had no idea about those guys then, or about Panther. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it did not process well. Since then, I've adjusted and grown to love Panther. In a lot oh, yeah. of ways, but uh, yeah, okay. when I first was exposed to that stuff, I just, I, I didn't understand those. It's like just garbage. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I think I f- first of all, oh, this must be garbage because it looks like this. But part of me knew it wasn't. Mm. So really, something was going on. So I kept buying it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So did yeah. you find, um, like I don't know, were you drawing at that point for yourself, or you said you were, and so you yeah. find your art changing. Yeah, well, no, not straight away. I remember reading, like, um, there was the Multiforce excerpt in the SPX 2001, I think it was. I remember I couldn't draw for ages, even though I wasn't trying to draw like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just really jealous of that kind of, um, that energy, that raw energy, honesty to it, you know? I, I was trying to do stuff which was more like, um, it's more in the vein of crumb, I guess. I had this alter ego, I was putting these comments called Ripper the Fucking Elephant. Um, <laughs> it's like an elephant's head. Um, but it's just, yeah, it was sort of crumb-esque, I guess. I don't know. Like, true true to life stuff, but in a surreal way. It just won't work on it at all. Yeah. So it's really awkward, because it's like, you know there's something else to get to, but I just couldn't get there. It took a little while. It took, I think it took the, just as I was leaving the town I was living in, I went to, I went to London, I got a job in a comic shop just about that time Kramer's I got five came out. That was pretty that was important. Mm-hmm. I think at that point I thought, yeah, I've got I'm going the wrong way here. And then it, was, it took a while to sort of get to what I wanted to do, you know. And was that when you were working at Gosh? That's right, yeah. So that came around about that time. Um yeah, then, then I became aware of picture box and things during that time. And of course, I met um, the diabolical Leon Sadler. He just came in the shop one day, um, selling his comic. He was quite shy back then. Yeah. He was real young, too. I, mean, I was in my 20s, but he was in his like, early 20s. Um, I saw his comics, and I remember the guy I was with when he came in said, Oh, that guy was a bit weird. And I was like, No, I think he was all right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I went and read his comics. I thought, oh, these are really good. He did one about, um, it's like a Shrek comic. <laughs> about Shrek's, Shrek's being deported from planet Earth. Like, all, all aliens have to get off. And he's like, I'm not an alien, I'm a troll. Um, it's a very stressful, mad comic. Yeah, it was good. And I looked him up on the net and he said, oh, no. It was back, back in them days, people did live journals. It was like a diary. People would say what they'd been up to. Oh, God. So, so it's his, like, like super private and embarrassing. Well, it's not really. It was just sort of a thing people did, but not that many people looked at it. Yeah. Anyway, I went to his um, went to his live channel and said, "Oh, yeah, today I went down to London to sell my comics." 
And I met this guy and he gave me his card because I had my own like website and stuff. I had this imprint called Bonehouse Books. He said, oh, what he's doing is really good. And I thought, right, that's it. We're mates now. And I saw the other stuff he was into. He liked, um, he liked Ben Jones and things. I thought, well, that's it. We're friends then. Yeah. Because if, you know, there was just, didn't really know anyone else was into that sort of stuff. And I guess he didn't really at the time. So we kind of clicked that way. That was pretty good. We went on our first date to see a Moomins film. Aww. Moomins documentary, yeah. <laughs> working, working Gotch has been good that is like to see um, all the interesting alternative stuff that was coming out of the UK at that time, too. Oh, yeah. Like you would have been in the perfect spot to kind of see these different little disparate things popping up. Oh, yeah, for real. I mean, also, I became responsible for taking in the self-published stuff. Because the guy who was doing that before, who'd kind of accepted me into the kind of into that world, he left, and I sort of took over the mantle, I guess. So I got to see everything that was coming in. So I knew everything that was going on in London, definitely. But you know, also people from all around the country that are passing through, they drop in with their stuff, and it was good because I get to sort of like, put people up together as well. We'd arrange drinks and things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess people got to know me then too. Yeah, it was good days. Was that about when you started seeing Lando's stuff too, or was that a little later? Um, I think just towards the end, just just before I left, because I, I like I, I fucked off to Japan for a while. I went there for a couple of years, so it was just sort of towards the end of my time. Yeah, yeah, it sort of appeared. But yeah, Lando and um, Staffus, they were doing animation before, so they came to it for a different way. Yeah. But you said you were in, you were in a decadence anthology, and you're going to be in the next one. That's right. Yeah, we've been commissioned for it. Looks like a good lineup. It's going to. The deadline's pretty soon, so I don't know when it's coming out. But um, yeah, that's one. I, I actually turned down quite a lot of anthology work now, but I just want to feel like some kind of uh, allegiance to you know. Yeah. So. Sort of anthology. They, they don't. The thing is, anthologies is you. You ain't getting paid, and also you're doing work that you might not have been doing otherwise. Yeah, and you're doing like self-promotion. You're like, well, I'm promoting something that I don't do, so it's like a false promotion, anyways. Um, not promotion. I mean, you, it's not just that. I mean, I really like getting like the the books in the post. You get your creative copies, and you get to see other artists' work you might not have seen. Um, well, with decadence, does do does he? really do much like here this is what the theme is or is it just kind of do your shit and... no no there's yeah there's quite um it's quite elaborate themes oh, okay like you write like a block of text about things oh. and then you see i mean but if you sort of start to stray outside of that he's not going to say whoa 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 stop stop this is supposed to be about the banking industry or something <laughs> he'll, let, he'll let you go you know he'll let you go but it's a good start it's like a jump off point yeah he picks all the artists who he trusts, so it's never, you know, never been rejected. Nothing's been turned down or like, um, but it's all pretty good work. Yeah, doing some good stuff, them guys. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, for- mm, sorry, go on. I would say they're good. They're good anthologies. I really like what what he's doing. It's kind of neat uh, how all your little circles there are kind of interrelated with like. The Fanticom stuff and Breakdown mm. and Decadence. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, 
Does anyone have a like mind? You recognize something and you're going to latch onto him, aren't you? It's a pretty nice breakdown, guys, come along. That's been pretty good. Did you work with them at Gosh? No, they came along afterwards. Oh, okay. Um, but there's still people working there who I knew, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good introduction, I guess. Yeah. They knew about my work. Yeah, they're good lads. And they put on um, Safari Festival in the summer, which is pretty good. I've, I've heard it. The most recent one was pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really good. Now you're. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just think it's a really, really good little show. Because like a few years ago, when the amount of stuff that's more like let's call them art comics, you know, there's there seems to be more going on over here. And I remember, I remember saying to Leon, like, I know it was last year or the year before, it's like, geez, this is weird. You feel like the older statesman suddenly. Like there's all these other people like doing this stuff as well. It's really nice. Because yeah. before it was, we really clung on to each other, you know. As soon as anyone new came along, you know, glom onto them like, you know, Lando turns up. Because it was pretty sparse. People doing that. There was stuff going on, but it was not, it was like a different different category almost. Now stuff still goes on. Yeah. It's great. It's just different, different circles, I guess. No, and I think like, it's really great to see this stuff coming out for for a long time. Folks like me over here, when we think of uh, UK art comics, unfortunately, No Brow was like what we thought of, which is kind of like the pretty visual stuff, but doesn't really touch on the on the more odd, interesting, yeah. weird shit that you guys are doing. Yeah, I don't really, I don't think I've read a No Brow comic to be honest. Have you read any? Yeah. I don't know which. I, so I can't really talk about them because I've not really read them. Obviously, like you don't need to. It's not, talk about well, it's it. one of the things. It's like you know, you know what, you know what's your cup of tea and what's not, and yep. it's just not. So they did other festival, El Caf, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've not been, so I don't know. Well, yeah, that's, just, that's just it. There's just it's interesting seeing all the different types of stuff coming from from over there. It's all very different. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, people talk about the British scene, and it's interesting, because some, they can often mean quite a different thing. Yeah. Because some people talk about the British scene, but they're actually talking about, like, Elcaf or No Brown things. Well, they might be talking about us. Yeah. <laughs> they might be talking about, because there's, like, quite a big, like, small press scene over here. There's a lot of fairs that goes on. It seems to be a lot now. Yeah. I don't really go to them, because I know that Safari's going to be, like, the big one, where, like, everyone's going to be there, you know, so I just... Hold on for that one, you know. It's expensive to get around in the UK as well. Yeah. The train and stuff. I mean, you know, because you came here, right? Yeah, no, I took the train up to, to Leeds. and uh, UK, it's like everything is the same price on the on the sticker, but it's in pounds. Right. So everything <laughs> is like twice as expensive as it is here. Yeah. Well, it would be the exchange, but trust me, it's expensive for us too. It's yeah. like the common man is being priced out of... Um, just spontaneous travel. You have to get your ticket like way ahead if you need to get a cheap one and stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the kind of people who can plan that far ahead are the people who got their lives sorted out anyway. So you're just kind of punishing the rest of us. You're getting punished real hard. And then if you don't take the train, you have to take a bus that takes Ugh. a million years. You get it. You get it. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm it's in the middle of nowhere anyway to start with, so I forget it. Um, well, let's talk about your uh, breakdown book, Another Blue World. Yeah. Uh, very open 
um, trying to mm. think of a theme to it. It's just like mm. people interacting in some dystopian empty setting. Yeah. It's inter- I really like to read reviews of that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's real. But I think there's sometimes people like trying, they don't want to, like, I don't want to say that I've missed the point of this, so I'm going to try and skirt around everything, but, you know, there is no, I think if there's a point to something, it needs to be said in the work. There's no, there's nothing to miss. It is, it's there for everyone, you know, but it yeah. is very, it's a very sparse space. I was playing around with, um, at that time, this kind of idea of only showing on screen what you need to see. Yeah. Really stripping it down. Um, at the time, I wasn't sure if it was successful or not, but I was I was having a good time doing it. I I I liked it. I think it's really interesting. and I can see exactly what you're saying, where you're kind of pulling back all the layers till you're really down mm. to your essentials. Yeah, makes it really kind of like really visceral and animalistic somehow. Yeah, really. people kind of picked up on that. So in the reviews and things, so I guess it worked. But basically, I. What happened was I'd so if you read the back the back cover, um, it's just a list of the character types paired up. There's only ever two character types at a time, sometimes three, but one's unconscious. What I did was I'd stripped down like fantasy and science fiction to like these basic archetypes and groups of people. So you got like um, man, rival man, woman, primitive man, paraman. Replica Man, which is like a robot. Yeah. And then I was just putting them in scenes where it's just like, just mixing them up, you know, and be like, oh, this one's going to be Paraman and Replica Man. How are they going to interact? And that's just a jumping off point for me. Yeah. I did do all the combinations. Maybe I'll get back to that. It might be good. But the ones collected there in that book are like, yeah, the ones that I did do. Did you see it as like doing like, little vignettes or did you kind of have a particular book in mind to gather these interactions like I'm curious kind of uh, yeah at the time they were just vignettes when it start the first few pages I I remember it was a real hot night in Tokyo and I was I was kind of spaced out and thinking oh, I can't draw on shit and I don't know what I'm doing and I was just started hacking away and this weird style came out then it calms down after a couple of pages because my mind settled down but it started me off you know um, I didn't have it planned out as such, and then you know stories form around whatever you, whatever you're doing. Stories form around them. That carries it through. Doing it while working in while being in Japan is that kind of like came out of a stranger in a strange land kind of experience. Um, I'm not sure because like when I'm in a room and I'm like in a bubble anyway. No matter where you are, you're in yeah. your bubble. Uh, there's like um, a tradition in Japanese art called like ukiyo. Ukiyo-e, I think, if I remember correctly. And there's a, they use a lot of blank space, a lot of negative space. I think yeah. that influenced me as well. That definitely had some input. Why um, did you go to Japan? Like, that's a what? huge trip from the UK. Yeah, well, I guess there's two or three reasons. Um, let's see. One, it's one of the things that always itched at me. You know, I always wanted to go there. You're not sure why. Yeah. See, I got to like 30 years old. And I was like, right, I, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do the next adventure while I'm still 
I'm still a youngin. And, uh, oh, you know, I did follow a girl out there as well. I guess that's... <laughs> <laughs> when the planets, when you've got at least three planets lined up, you're like, okay, that's enough of a sign. I should yeah. go out there. It was pretty good. I got to hang out with Yokoyama a few times. Oh, nice. Yeah, I became... I wouldn't say I became friends with him, but he's a kind of crazy aloof guy. But it was real nice. At that time, I was really in awe of him. And it, but you know, now you're older, you don't have that same thing anymore. I sort of miss having that, that awe you have for, like, oh, this, this artist, you know. I definitely had that, you know, when we went out there. It was also to, like, four reasons to explore the kind of alternative comic scene out there. Mm. There isn't one. It's not really a small press scene as such. How does Yokoyama's stuff fit in there, then? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it doesn't. It's more because in quite a small town, if I'm in like the kind of arts world, I'm going to be friends with like photographers and writers and things. And we're going to be hanging out in the galleries around town. And he's sort of part of that world. Okay. So he's more of like the alternative art scene, really. Um, yeah, and it'd be mutual friends and things. Like more so than here for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, but where does he fit in? I'm not sure. There's no like people doing their own stuff as such, and then taking it to shops. There's you get published. There's like you know you've got like um, Axe, which came after Garrow, mm-hmm. that kind of alternative um, anthology. But even that's kind of like a mix of yeah. But people, would, I guess, people submit to that, and if they don't get published, they're like, oh right. I didn't get published then. Yeah. Even that, people don't get paid for. You get paid for the collections. If you get collected, your work gets collected afterwards. Now, the, the, the work that people are doing out there is, I went to, I can't remember the name of the site, but it's big, like, um, exhibition site, where they have, like, the, people make Dorjinchi. You know Dorjinchi? Which That's is, like, like fan art. Yeah. Yeah, fan art type shit. And I went along to that, and there was hundreds of tables. I didn't buy anything. It's all people just doing versions of... It's like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, but like dirty versions. <laughs> <laughs> and if you go on different days, there'll be a day where it's like like um, lots of kind of made manga. Yeah. You know, M-A-I-D, or lots of this kind of thing, or lots of kind of boys love stuff. The and, uh, and there was some like big artists would be there. And they'd have like an edition they'd done just for that show. Man, it was there's like these huge rows of people queuing up, and they were just it's like hand over fist, taking the money, giving the book, taking the money, giving the book. It's crazy, but it was just like outside of anything I was interested in. Yeah, it was just like I went around. I looked at every table. <laughs> I looked at every table. I found nothing. Nada. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I sort of went out there to kind of research the other what what you really need is someone like you know ryan holmberg or someone who really knows the history of it and he knows there's all the you need someone like that to yeah. show you around <laughs> yeah this is the good shit yeah but they're like kind of the self-published side of it yeah yeah not not really happening really interesting different world maybe different now i don't know it's been a few years now back to your book another mm. blue world um 
I feel like the title's a little bit of a nod to Eno. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Another Greenwell, right? Yeah. Do you know the TV show Arena? No. No. It's like a documentary series in the UK. It's been running for like a long time. And the intro is this, um, like a glass bottle floating across some water. It's like a neon sign inside which says Arena. It had that little bit of music from, from the album, Another okay. Green Club. And so I was really into that before, like the internet kicked off. And at some point a few years afterwards, I thought, oh my God, I can just look up what that is. I've always wondered what that bit of, what that bit of music is and I can find it now. It's only about 16 seconds long. It's about as long as the, uh, the actual intro to this program. Oh, it's nice. very disappointing. I was expecting like an hour. This <laughs> <laughs> tune, it's actually that long. But yeah, anyway, yeah, it's a nod to that. Another Green World. It's a great album. So like the yeah. whole album. Yeah, it's one, yeah that, that atmosphere. You know, you could, you could read that book and put that album on and you'd be in the right place, you know? It's a weird... How do I describe the comparisons for the, between the two? It's like a very lonely reaching out type thing. I think that's fairly astute. Yeah, it is. Really gets you somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it's ineffable place. You couldn't, you can't put that shit in the words, but you know what it is. Yeah. I've been listening to that album a lot lately too, so it's. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, good one. I've, I have to like build up the power for that. I can't, can't just put it on casually. <laughs> yeah. What other kind of stuff do you listen to? Oh god, all sorts. Mostly um, movie soundtracks. I'm caught in a um, movie soundtrack otaku. Like 1970s, 80s type stuff? Or? Probably, um, what's been the main thing? Those people mostly think of me being into like Tangerine Dream and yeah. movie soundtracks. Um, yeah, they keep, I was really annoyed the other night. Like Stefan Sadler came around and he gave me a tattoo the other night. It was in the middle of the night and afterwards I hadn't looked on Twitter all day and I found out that The Keep, Michael Manager The Keep was on Film 4 at the same time. And I was very annoyed he didn't have it on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I was really good. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think Leon took a picture of it on my film camera. I'm just going to have to Photoshop that afterwards to put The Keep on <laughs> in the background. Very annoying. Oh... <laughs> uh... Now, your more recent thing that you got from Landfill that you've been working on is Johnsworth, yeah. which feels a lot different from Another Blue World. Yeah, Johnsworth. Yeah, very different. Well, it's just using a different pen, you're in a different place. It's more of a kind of um, succinct narrative. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually a drawn idea for a film, which was a good way to trick me into doing a new comic. If I think, oh, I'm not going to try and make this, oh, this is the finished product this is preparation for another thing I can just get it done you know yeah it's quite daunting isn't it sitting down for the comments hard it's tough work I didn't pencil either oh so okay it's, it's all pretty raw and then it's printed in gold yeah there's the strength well they printed the because it comes with mold map for free oh and they, okay when they're printing it that was one of the um, that was one of the colours they're using for the cover and he was like well why don't we just use that? Because we, you know, we print with that anyway. We That's do this with it at the same time. It's a pretty smart idea, but it's um, yeah, because I I hadn't been invited to be in that mold map, but I showed them the like Leon and Hugh Frost landfill 
was the editor there. I showed them just before they were going to print, and I think they kind of got infused by it. Hugh was definitely into it, so it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll make this part of more. It's good for me because people get a whole comic, right? Yeah. Better exposure than I'd normally get. I don't know if I got it with my copy, but I bought mine in a store here in Vancouver. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to buy it from them or at, at a show. Motherfuck. Well, it just gets too complicated, otherwise. Oh, I know. You know, because it's like an extra bit. I'll do an angry tweet. Yeah, you could just say, well, that comic store should have had my book anyway, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, may have. It's their fault. That store's fault for not ordering in my book. There we go. Who knows? Maybe they did. I didn't look. I just picked up that in the the new green fuzz. Yeah. Um. So one of the things I was thinking about with uh, with with Johnsworth is it's kind of gross. <laughs> And, and yeah. I and I'm wondering about like drawing this like specific grosso comic of like just someone getting the most disgusting drug you could imagine. <laughs> it's just a, like a slithering alien creature that just covers your body. <laughs> yeah, it seemed very natural to me. I think it's <laughs> because like yeah, Cronenberg's like a big hero of mine. I think it's definitely very Cronenberg, and other people have picked up on that. Kind of existence ish, and um, but I think he's similar in that he's like, it doesn't even occur to him, yeah, it's horrific, it's just it makes sense that narrative at the time. Well, it's also Burrowsy, too, yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? Like, yeah, the mug bumps and they kind of, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, naked lunch. I remember when I was a teenager, I asked for that for Christmas one time, <laughs> and it was like because it was when the it was when the film came out as well. Because remember the edition, I got I got like an image from the film on the cover, and I think that's probably why I become interested in it. And I'd said, uh, "Oh yeah, I want this for Christmas." And my mother bought it, and she'd read a few pages, and she came to me and she said, "Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure about giving you." This. And I was like, "But you know, my parents are kind of fairly liberal, so I was really surprised by that." And I was like, "Well, I'm just going to go out and buy it anyway. If you don't give it, get it, give it to me." So. <laughs> And she's like, fair enough. <laughs> and yeah. for folks who don't know, things like the mugwumps, which are just creatures that ejaculate from their heads. and <laughs> uh, Naked Lunch is... It's also like, it's got to be weird if you're reading that as a teenager, because it's, no, it's not really a story. Oh god, it's mental. It's just, it's a fucking mess. I didn't... It wasn't until a few years later, I understood all the... I would try to read it again a few years afterwards, and I understood all the kind of drugs... Um, references. I think one thing you have to understand about our generation is if we, when we didn't have the internet we couldn't really find out about it. We couldn't look up, oh, Wikipedia of Naked Lunch and find out some information about it. It was just yeah, like hearsay and we'd pick this thing up. We had no reference for anything. But now if we've got kids, it must be, it's almost overwhelming. I think they probably don't get into that stuff because it's just too much distraction anyways. But if they wanted to, you know, it's all there, isn't it? Yeah, but I envy them. They're a lucky generation. I I know. I remember like just trying to track down music and stuff, and getting into something like Eisner's and Neubaut, and then being a teenager and like just hearing yeah. about this mythical German band that clangs metal. And... <laughs> you track them down somehow. Yeah, yeah. Do you know about you know John Peel, the British DJ? Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be just a case of watching his show every week, or watching, listening to his show every week, and taping it. And making your own little kind of mixtape, 
and trying to just catch the words. What, who did he say? And then I'd phone up this uh, record shop in London, just really nervously talking to a girl down the line, like, oh, have you got, have you got this do-rag album? <laughs> and they'd go and check, yeah, I've got I can just send it to me, please. Yeah, really, that is kind of good days, good days, but a little different now. It's the, right, you got it straight away, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I I put up my um, like I was talking about putting up my films from film school, and there was a something I taped off John Peel. I'd put on there as a soundtrack, and only recently thought, oh, I can just maybe I can find out what that is. I did you track it down? I did track it down. It took like half my life to figure out what the tune was. What was it? It's by um, I should get this right, Jessamine. No idea. Um, yeah, it was like a '90s band that came up with like two albums. Some kind of like shoegaze thing, or yeah, kind of. Um, uh, I guess some um, like post grunge, pavement dish. I don't know. <laughs> like uh, I don't know. How, I don't even know why to describe stuff anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's out there. You know, it's on there. You can just find the stuff. You put in the time. I think before. You'd look stuff up and you like, I can't believe it's going to be there. And you'd be shocked when it's there. But no, it's like you're shocked when it's not there. You keep looking. <laughs> you just can't believe it's not there. It's got to be here somewhere. You can spend hours just searching for this thing. Mm. But yeah, did you, you see you enjoyed Johnsworth? You liked that one? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I'm really interested to see where it goes. I mean, there's it kind of remind me in spirit of like, the ideas from a lot of Philip K. Dick, like it gave me that same kind of like just delving into this fucked up drug fueled no one likes each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, was was Dick ever at all an influence on you or an interest? Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Just teenager, yeah. Getting into that stuff. By the same time I was getting to Burroughs, Philip mm-hmm. K. Dick. It was the stuff um, you could get, get away with reading easier. Yeah, like it's interesting that show I talked about. Arena did a documentary about him. Oh, okay. You can see it on YouTube. It's really good. They did good shows, and it was just you know it was just British TV was pretty good back then. Arts TV. There was only four channels, but the Arts TV was pretty good. They could put you on some good stuff. That's all I had. That's all I had. I didn't have anyone around me at school who was into any of this stuff or. Kind of lonely world, interesting. Mm-hmm. Little bubble world. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's something, yeah. Mm, that, that's something kind of neat about England is just uh, how, um, in some areas, art gets fostered in a really weird, neat way, mm. where you have like your local councils that support things, and where you see kind of interesting stuff if it has the right support germinate and things. Yeah. It's, well, that's dropped away right now. There's no, there's no arts money for anything. It's pretty grim state. Um, all the studio spaces shutting down in London. You've had like, yeah, pretty grim time of things. The last couple of governments, these horrible Tory governments. But hey, what are you going to do? Remember, just keep, I, going. Just keep going. Yeah, I, I read this uh, book on Throbbing Gristle, and about oh, yeah. how in their early days in the '70s, like all their shit was funded by. Uh, local councils and I think it was like Kent wow. where they're originally from and it was just like all their weird avant-garde performance art where they cover themselves in dirt and 
thesis yeah, yeah. and whatever, and it's all paid for. It's funny. Well, it's pretty. By pretty now we look back, and some of the a lot of the money came under like Thatcher government and stuff. It's pretty mad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even though how fucking erroneous and awful these fucking governments were, there was still more money. Yeah. I went to I went to university under like a John Major government. Voted for the Blair one while I was there. My first vote, but that you know I got I had like money to support me. Now they kids don't have that. Yeah, I'm not bad at all. And I can't. I was I I got accepted in quite a good film school. Um, I just threw my hat in the ring, and then I thought I'd look at the funding afterwards. This was just a couple of years ago. But you know, there's no money. No, I can't. It's, it's impossible for anyone. So all the kind of arts now is just being populated by. Kids of like upper middle class families, really. Yeah, who who don't oh. need the income. That's why comics is good. It's free. You know, anyone can do that. Yeah. Small world, knowing the money in it, but you're free. You can do it. So, yeah. But you saw. I just sent you the um, preview of the next part of Johnsworth. Yeah. No, I liked it. Do you, do you have any idea if you think where it's going or? Not yet. Know it? I think I'm gonna leave that for the listeners to figure out when they read it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's quite like um, standard narrative in some ways. It'll yeah. reference a lot of things that people recognize in fiction. I think as it goes on, yeah, just riff on them, you know. But it's like a lot more cohesive as a narrative than another Blue World, which is really, like you say, vignettes. This arena, I think with another blue world, like is this future Earth? Is this another planet? It doesn't even, you're not even sure about that, right? Do you kind of have ideas of the future, of like a far future that you envision? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I think the character I've most used is the replica man character. He's the robot character. And Leon said he's like my Charlie Brown. He's like my kind of <laughs> <laughs> every man character. I can project things onto. And there's something astute about that in that they're just, they're, they're actors, you know? They're not, then it would be the same character, but you think, is this supposed to be the same world? But it's not. Like, each world is just created for that one story. But I've got this stock of characters. I think Tezuka did the same thing, right? He had the same, you know, like, the old man or... I'm sure right. when you do that many comics, like Tezuka, you have to be uh, reusing stuff yeah. sometimes. <laughs> well, I think she said that. He said these are like um, these are like actors. Yeah. Um, and he just puts them in different stories. A similar thing. Are any of them you? Ah, <laughs> that's a really good question. Probably all of them and none of them. I think unless <laughs> you're doing unless you're doing really specific autobiographical comics. They're not you. Of yeah. course they are. You know, everything's from you, say. Some some aspect of yourself. Um, I'd say yes. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> I mean, like, John and Johnsworth even has got the same tattoo as me now, so... Oh, like the tattoo you were drawing in the comic yeah. is the one yeah. that Stefan, Stefan yeah. gave you the other day? That's the seed of the real world one, so... There we go. Is that you, like, actualizing things? Yeah, maybe. I don't, well, people said, oh, it looks like you. I don't think it looks like me. I don't actually know what I look like. You know, it's really hard to figure out what you actually look like, isn't it? You've got some weird ideas about it. But it's my drawn idea of what I might look like. 
may, what I think I might look like. The character yeah. isn't. It's not actually me. No. It's like uh, you're like listening to yourself recorded, and you have one idea of what your voice sounds like, and then yes, you press yes. play, and it's completely different. Yeah. Do you listen back to your interviews? No. 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 Is it because you you can't handle your voice, or like think, oh, I could have asked a better question there, or why? Uh, bit of column A, bit of column B, bit of column C. Um, I'm really bad. I've always been bad at revisiting things or editing things. So with with right. the ink studs, it's just like we do the interview, and it's like it's like an old punk rock one take where, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. not gonna be editing later. It's this this is it. So like you know, everyone's gonna know what it's like when Leon pops in like Kramer. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did pop in again, but he just—he's he's kind of yoga now. He's got. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yoga's good for him. It gives away the fact that I've got his drinks lined up. <laughs> I, but yeah, I—I I don't know if I'd listen to this. I'm not sure. Maybe at some point in the future. But yeah, I—I yeah, I know what you mean. I like that. I mean, we had some like good banter before this came on, but you know. You gotta let some things go. Yeah. You gotta let some things go. No, that's just it. Like, yeah, I can't. That that whatever we said before will be a mystery to the ages <laughs> for the listeners. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he revealed his soul, and there's nothing there. You got some more interviews today, right? Uh, I was gonna do another one, but he had to cancel, unfortunately. So. All right. Okay. So you know, I mean, do you get wiped out afterwards? Do you get tired out by it? It's pretty exhausting, maybe. No. Uh, I, I, I like, I, I need a break. So like, if I was doing another interview, it wouldn't be till, like, I need at least an hour to kind of, mm. you know, I've done. One year, I did three panels in one day at TCAF, wow. and it fucking killed me. Yeah, right. I was just, I could not do that again. I guess and by it, the third, you can just hear some sounds happening. You're like, oh, that must be my voice. And it's tough because, like, at least with an interview, it's just us talking. You know, we're just shooting the shit, uh, or as you guys in the UK say, banter. Um, yeah. And, but they're like, at a panel, you have to be fucking on, and so mm. you've got to like make sure all four people are getting a chance to talk. Yeah, you yeah. also need to like not drop the mic and make sure you can keep <laughs> going. So, like, yeah. for me, it's easy. Like, I can just listen to you, and we're talking, and I can make little mm. notes, and we can keep going. In a panel, I have to be, like, making eye contact with people while they're talking, yeah. Yeah. and eye contact with the audience, and yeah, I, I don't do a lot of panels anymore. <laughs> it's pretty rough. I always find them quite strange to listen to as well. Yeah. There's strange energy, like, trying to... I know if one-on-one, there's a, you can get some kind of rapport going. You get some, I think you can get to things more directly. But the panel, it kind of pulls in so many different directions. Yeah, I've had some... Odd odd energy. I've had some really good panels. Uh, Like, I had one one year with, like, Dash, Sean, Paul Pope at TCAF, which is really interesting because, like... Oh, yeah. I think I listened to that one, yeah. Yeah, and Paul Pope's got his bravado, and Dash is just, like, calling him on shit. It's just like, what did you Mm -hmm. just say? And so that was, like, really interesting. I did another one with uh, Brandon Graham and Sam Heaney and Pope that was really interesting. Um... But then I did one at SPX a couple of, last year with uh, DeForge, Patrick Kyle, and Simon Henselman, which was a fucking train wreck. 
<laughs> and but people love it, and it's like I don't get why. Like I, I would, I was on the panel like this is going so horribly, because like me and Brandon were both like jet lagged and out of it, because uh, he did it the panel with me, because that was when we were doing the Inkstones tour thing, and Simon showed up like twenty minutes late. Patrick didn't want to talk, um, but the audience loved it. So I don't know. It was uh, maybe it's we should me. try and mention as many people as possible because people only listen to these things so they can see if they get mentioned or not. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Leon, I said I'm gonna, I'm not going to talk about you once. You're not going to get mentioned. And so he specific specifically like showed up just so he got in there. <laughs> What's that? He specifically showed up right while we're recording so he could get on the interview. He knew I was doing it. Yeah. Um, he, came, he was going to go to badminton, he went to yoga instead, but that didn't mean he could stick his head in the door, see my, ter- my so-called terrified face. Um, yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah. I was, uh, he's making some new cartoon at the minute. Oh, nice. Because uh, kind of, we're going to Star Wars tomorrow with his dad. He got tickets booked for the opening night. Oh, awesome. He's doing some kind of tie-in. It's, um, what's it called? Like, I don't know, it's some kind of Simpsons Star Wars crossover cartoon. I could hear him doing the voices last night. It's just, I don't know about what neighbours think of it. It's this fucking crazy voice at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Are you going to the, the screening too? We're going to, just in his local town. It's going to be me. We were thinking of saying to his dad, like, oh yeah. Um, yeah, we're all going to get dressed up. So you go as Yoda. And then we're not going to get dressed up. And then his dad's just going to turn up painted green ears in the robe and stuff. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I ain't that, I ain't that fucked about stuff. I don't know. I don't really get excited about anything anymore, silly. Um, yeah, maybe we should talk about the stuff I am interested in. I remember, I, remember uh, I went to, we did this show with uh, Future Artifacts some weird show in London and Breakdown invited me. They had a table. Lanfield had a table as well. I thought, yeah, I'll go along. I'll come out of my hidey hole in the countryside because I've got my books on two tables. But it was some kind of like trendy hellhole. It was bizarre. Anyway, so I was there and um, and Tom from Breakdown was like, oh, what are you into at the minute? I was like, what are you reading? So like, I just play his tanks game at the minute. I don't read anything. <laughs> not really reading much. What do I read? I read recently. I read. Uh, I'm reading to Lala Albert's work. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. She's awesome. And her book from um, Breakdown, um, Janus. Yeah, and, and the Blue and Waves. Rat, um, the Chris guys book called Rat R A T. I think the work, and also oh yeah, and also the um, landfill book, Pure Shores by the Finnish guy. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't I think I've seen it. Do you know it? No. It's you know, hard It's hard to get a lot of uh, UK stuff over here in Vancouver because the shipping yeah. is just brutal. So, well, like, that, Mold Map was, cost me a lot of money. Really? Yeah, it's rough, isn't it? It was like $15 yeah. for the green fuzz. And... I mean, because Britain's so fucking hard on its people now, anyway, it costs us a lot to go to the post office. Yeah. So, it's, not only have you got the exchange rate, but it's a lot of money, a lot of money for us. So yeah. it's already expensive for us. It's already overpriced. Yeah. Um, so you got to double, right? It's tough. Yeah. 
anyway, that book, it's one of the bright pink covers. It's amazing. But I think that book and the Wilder Albert books, um, I think they've got this in common ground with my stuff, and it's a lot about identity. Seems to be a theme, you know. Yeah. Like the Lala stuff, the one with um, um, Rat is about like the online personas, and but, and the one is about like someone wearing a mask and stuff in public, and I, I, I know it really clicks with me. I think that feeds into like um, Johnsworth. Well, I feel like with with I don't know the Finnish guy stuff, but like with Lala, it's a lot more uh, hidden. It's mm. a lot about hiding, where with your stuff, it's more kind of like navigating. Interesting. Does that make yeah. sense? It might sound like I'm full of shit. No, it's interesting. Yeah. No. I think they're both, they're both like steering around the same course somehow. Yeah. And the other thing I read was, um, let's go Aisha Franz, met a safari this year. She had a I What's that? It's German, right? Yeah, 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 German, yeah. yeah. Um, I bought the first, she's got three books out in this series, and I bought the first one. They're like, they work as standalone comics. I can't remember the name of it right now. Something, something shit, I think. I think <laughs> shit is the title, if I remember correctly. But, um, yeah, her stuff's really yeah. neat. Yeah, pretty good. It's worth looking into. So I read those. And, uh, I've been interested to get back into reading Berserk again because we just with Leon we watched the movies. Do you, do you know Berserk? Is that a banger? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. You know the guy with the big sword? No. Guts has got a big sword. I don't really read much like manga. One of the good things about working in the comic shop is you can borrow stuff. It's like a library as well. Yeah. You need you need to be able to do that so you can talk to people about the product, you know. But it's like a real perk of the job, is that you can read, especially with mangas, it's way too expensive if you go to buy all these kind of different volumes, like a hundred volumes in a series or whatever. You can just read them, you know, in your own time. The problem is that you also have to read a lot of shit working in a yes. comic store. Yes, That I remember uh, <laughs> well, having, no, having to be able to talk about the Spider-Man clone saga. Oh, <laughs> oh, luckily someone else read that stuff, so I could just say, you need to talk to this guy. I, I managed to just read. I was, but apparently after I left, like all the kind of um, stuff that I was really into just stopped selling. <laughs> and it was I was given. I don't know if that's true or not. Whether it's just a kind of thing that someone said. I don't think I was given the hard sell. It was just a matter of drawing it to someone's attention. You know, you yeah. walk into a coffee shop. There's a lot of stuff in there. You kind of need something to help you navigate through. But, um, yeah. So I, I haven't been reading that much, but I'm interested to carry on Berserk. I kind of got stuck on that. After, there's like a, the first arc that the book covers. Um, it's so good. It's like this bizarre love triangle. Um, it never really recovers. It's pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah, we watched the anime. There's movies, but I preferred the old series. There's a TV series back in the 90s. So it was pretty good. Okay. Really, gr- really grotty and horrible. Um yeah, I've never, I've never really got that into most manga stuff and same with anime. Just yeah. Oh, Leon's big on anime right now. He's watching something last night, and I was like, "Yeah, you watch that while I play this tanks game." <laughs> <laughs> <And my mama. laughs> oh, it's like a little like just crappy game on your cell phone. 
Oh, it's a really good game. It's massive, apparently. It's really, oh, yeah? I didn't realize how big it was. It, it's really big in uh, Russia. My friend went out to... My friend travels around with this uh, traveling, like, video game show. He's in Russia. Like, a kind of, like, archive video game show. And he's in Russia. It's like... Yeah, it's like people with stickers on the tractors and stuff. And uh, of this tanks game. And I was watching the England versus... Um, Spain game. And I guess it was in Barcelona. It was around the billboards. And I was like, oh, wow. fucking hell. I've never seen a video game with a billboard at a football game before. So, That's intense. Yeah. So I was like, geez, maybe this is pretty big. I got my own clan and stuff. I'm pretty into that. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. be sure to check it out. I think it's just, um, yeah, it's good escapism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's much better than comics. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's way less rewarding. So you have um, another Blue World out from Breakdown, yeah. and then Johnsworth, uh, yeah. first one from Old Map, and the second one coming out eventually in the new year, as well yeah. as you'll have something in the next Decadence anthology from yeah. Lando, the Lando. Yeah, I've written a I've written a novel as well, but I'm trying to figure out how to get it published. Um, but I don't know about that yet. Some no information as yet. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, I did that. I spent a couple of years doing that. I thought oh, I was wow. just going to do a hack job and get it done in like a month or so. And you got a bit out of hand. So, Jesus. Yeah. Well, you've got to whole, learn a whole new discipline, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's just so much to keep in mind once you're writing that much stuff. And, yeah. 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 Well, Storytelling uh, story is what I'm into, so, yeah. Just different ways of telling stories. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining me today, John. All right, bud. Uh, reminder, folks, I've been talking to John Chandler, and you can find his books in better comic stores in the internet. Cool. Yeah. I hope they understand my accent, okay? Okay.